0: This is The Rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the
2: Auction Community Studio for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. But we have a guest. And he's here for the next two hours.
3: John Bloom in studio what's up bloomer what's happening luke and hey, you know what i'm gonna try to be that guest that doesn't leave the seat up and you know leaves <laughs> a big mess and all the stuff you don't want your guests to do i'm gonna try to be that nice guest that's just here along for the ride and part of the rundown a show that i listen to whenever it happens to be on well that's is uh, that fair
2: first of all yes and your check is it's in the mail i could have just handed it to you but i mailed it to you just for uh for dramatic uh factor but um <laughs> Yeah, Bloom in studio, you know it's something special, and I would say yesterday was one of the more special moments sports-wise in the Valley in a decade, at least. It was pretty special.
3: It was. Yeah. I know it was
2: just one game, I know, and, and I'll say this right now. I'm going to say I know it was just one game mm-hmm.
3: at least a dozen times in the next two hours. But it felt darn good, didn't it, it? really did. It really did. Like all of it, you know, not just the the – Final score, uh, a nine point win over the Lakers. But, um, you know, having been there and, you know, talked to you for two hours before the game started, we were sharing kind of how things were ramping up while I was there. And on the air, I was trying to describe some of the things that were happening in front of me. Uh, And then after we got off the air. It was only a matter of minutes later when the place erupted with Chris Paul's you know warm up dunk and and just took the energy up a notch right then it then it was up to another level that I didn't anticipate. And then when you hear the words which I'm sure we'll share throughout the next couple hours of some of the players and coaches talking about how that impacted them it just makes you even more proud to be part of this whole thing. You know, and everybody listening, you're a Suns fan, you're part of this whole thing. Even if you weren't in that gym yesterday, you're still part of it. The people that were lucky enough to spend their hard-earned money on the tickets, which are no joke, I know, uh, to get in there, did their job. And I know those of you who don't maybe have the money to get in there or weren't able to get in there, you would have done it too. Because we all feel kind of the same way. Luke, we had this (laughs) anticipation just boiling over on Planet Orange of years and years and years of waiting for this. And when you have that combined with players that feel that way, like the guy who starred in that show yesterday, after we were done, you know, hyping it and talking about how we both felt like he was ready for yep. it, didn't he make us look good? You know, he Devin Booker approached
2: that game and performed in that game the way the way I think most Suns fans expected he would. But man, Bloom, I was watching it and I just felt like this this looks like a guy. You know how like you're you're applying for a job and you know you would be good for the job, and they're like, well, you don't have the experience. This is a guy that has played well enough to play in the playoffs for the last five or six years. It wasn't his fault they weren't there. But yet he was hearing the criticism of people being like, yeah, but we haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. And yesterday you knew. and We didn't even hear that much from him. Like we heard quotes from him and everything going up to that game. But he wasn't talking like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He went out there and you could just tell even like two minutes in and especially when he had that dunk. It was just like, you know what? You guys can focus on LeBron. You can focus on Chris Paul. You can focus on Anthony Davis. I've been waiting for this. This moment isn't too big for me, and I've known it wasn't, and now I get to prove it to all you guys, and he did it for the full 48 minutes.
3: And it felt so good watching it, and then also uh, was very impressive with the game plan that, that they went forward using yep. to enable him to do that. So again, credit goes to the coaches for that, and to his teammates for doing what they needed to do to free him up. Those double screens that that were set by Crowder and Sharich and DA and everybody that was out there around Book helping him while he was moving all over the floor and and working so hard to get open when he was off the ball. And then when he was on the ball and Chris Paul needed him to be on the ball, he did that too. And he stepped up and, and it's all those things over the five years of not making the playoffs, you know, that gave him those experiences to be able to be comfortable at this point. You know, had he gotten there at 18, would he be ready to perform like he did yesterday? No, but here he is at 24. He is ready. We all knew he was ready and he went out and validated that yesterday. But now it's about doing it again. you got to repeat. you got to go do it again because you know the Lakers are sure as hell going to come out with a better effort in Game 2 tomorrow. I
2: I would imagine so. We'll we'll get to the Lakers in a second because I I have some questions now. And it was, again, just one game. But my questions about the Lakers don't necessarily just stem from yesterday. But we'll we'll get into that. But I I like what you said about Booker where he kind of – He sort of personified what we've all been feeling. You know, Suns fans have been waiting 11 years. Booker, I know, hasn't been waiting 11 years. But he's, of all the guys on the team, he's the one that has been here through the worst years. You know, Chris Paul was off playing for other teams. I mean, take nothing away from him. DeAndre Ayton was in college, you know, take nothing. But Devin Booker was here for all of the bad times. And every Suns fan in that building had been there for the bad. All the Suns fans listening, all the Suns fans watching, it was It's a combination of 11 years without making the playoffs. It's a combination of playing the Lakers, the Lakers who are the defending champs, with LeBron. A lot of people were frustrated he was even playing. You and I talked yesterday before the show. We're glad he's playing because Mm -hmm. now it doesn't diminish the win if they do, in fact, win. And on top of all that, like I couldn't help but think, and I've had this happen a couple times over the last month or so just watching live sports. Man, a year ago at this time, we didn't even have sports. Mm -hmm. And yesterday we had... I know it wasn't a full arena. Maybe it will be soon, but it sure sounded like a full arena. You referenced the Suns fans that were there. They drowned the Lakers fans
3: out. Totally. Completely. And it was beautiful. And you know what? Uh, It felt like a a full arena, too, even though uh, there were still empty seats and there's still rows of empty seats. So you know that there still isn't, you know, 16,000, 17,000 in there. I know the announced crowd was 11,000, whatever. There's been bigger crowds elsewhere now already announced. So the league is all kind of trending in that direction. Yeah. but. I don't know that the Lakers will have that big of a crowd at Staples Center. And I know I mentioned this on the postgame show kind of in jest yesterday, but I I am starting to feel this way. Like, Suns fans, you're out there. If you've got disposable income, why don't you go buy the tickets at Staples Center after we beat them tomorrow (laughs) night, and they're looking to sell. You know, because the Lakers fans will start to look to sell. They need to make money, too, out there in L.A. Higher rent, higher mortgage prices. True. they got to make money. got to pay for gas. Suns fans should fill the Staples Center and give them a little dose of the medicine we've been tasting over the years, right? <laughs> Am I off on
1: this? I don't think you are. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Lakers had around six, 7,000 in that play-in game last week. And, and while it was not as much as the Suns had, that place was rocking if you were watching that game. So... Uh, referencing that play-in
2: game, I didn't think the Lakers looked that good in that game against Golden State either, and LeBron hits the the huge shot at the end, and look, he's still LeBron. I'm not I'm not going to diminish LeBron James. That That's not my tact for looking at this series and being like, I think the Suns can win. I just don't think the Lakers look like the team I thought they were going to be at the start of the season, right. like the team they were last year, and uh, again, I'm not sitting here saying, well, you won game one, so the series is over, but... I, I got to tell you, Bloom, That what struck me out of that game when it ended yesterday, I thought I was like, nothing the Suns did overall truly surprised me. Like, the effort didn't surprise me. Booker putting up 34 didn't surprise me. Ayton being as good as he did, er, as good as he was, didn't, like, surprise me. That was maybe more of a surprise than Booker putting up 34. But overall, like, I expected the Suns to deliver that effort. I was stunned by the effort or whatever the Suns did to make that effort look like it was coming from the Lakers. They just did not – they don't look right. And maybe maybe it was just one game, but they really haven't looked right in like a month.
3: No, and, and that's the thing. Like, everybody keeps waiting on them to flip that switch. And we talked about it uh, getting ready for tip-off. It, it's a very difficult thing at this level, you know, with the playoffs where you know you're playing against a good team to uh, just all of a sudden turn into a good team yourself. And look, they're great players, and there's a collection of great players, but that doesn't mean it's a great team. And right now it's not a great team. Suns are closer to being a great team than the Lakers are right now. Does that mean they have better players? No. Uh, You know, both teams have great players. Let's let's be honest. Devin Booker is now showing the rest of the world how great he can be, and they're starting to jump on board a train we've been on for years. But now it's about the Lakers making adjustments – the Lakers having to make adjustments to come out and play in a different way than they played completely yesterday, whereas the Suns can make some adjustments, but they're not talking about rewiring anything right now. Just go out and keep doing what you're doing. You know, Keep handling your business, and you're going to beat this team. That's the way they feel, whereas on the other end, it's the shadow of doubt creeping in now. Even for a guy like LeBron James, there's got to be somewhat of doubt creeping in, and last season was a different animal in the bubble. Now, the Lakers were a different animal, too. They were ferocious, and they were great, and they dominated, and it was impressive. And everybody's now referencing, well, remember when they lost Game 1's last season in the bubble, and they turned around and swept the series against the Blazers, and then they did it against the Rockets, too. Totally different year. Totally different teams. Different team. teams, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not only are the Lakers different, but their opponent's different. Mm-hmm.
2: With all due respect to those other teams, and what's the stat that they, they keep floating out there? Teams that lose Game one Uh, only win the series 24% of the time if you don't have LeBron. If you have LeBron and you lose game one, you still win the series 60% of the time, which is, it's remarkable, it's a testament to how great he not only has been, but still is. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those series weren't against a team. Like, I think going into the playoffs, I know the Suns were a game back of Utah. They're a better team than Utah. Utah doesn't have Donovan Mitchell. To me, going into the playoffs, the Suns or Brooklyn are the two best teams in the NBA. And if you're asking me, okay, you got to give one of those two teams the nod, I'll still give it to Brooklyn. That's fine. But I don't – I mean, I thought the Suns were going to the Western Conference Finals two months ago, and I thought the Lakers were going to be the biggest issue, and they may still very well be – but the other three uh, higher seeds lost over the weekend. I mean, the Western Conference is wide open, Bloomer.
3: It really is, and and you know, look, I, I'm not going to get too far ahead. But when you look at this team and the way this whole thing sets up, if they are able to get a win tomorrow and they're able to go maybe get a split in LA and do what I think they're going to do and win this thing in five, there's a good chance the Portland Denver's going seven. And now here you go again. You get another rest. You get another week off, potentially, before you start round two. And I know some people don't like that. But I think, having judged the way the team came out yesterday, I'm okay with another week off before they have to start another round. I know that's getting ahead, okay? they got to beat the Lakers, and that's the focus, and we're going to talk all about it, I know, for the next couple
2: hours. Yeah. Oh, you haven't been five. That's okay. Well, that's, that's even I more do. optimistic than me. But yeah. if, i tell you what, if, the Lakers, if Anthony Davis plays the way he did yesterday, any more games this series, that's that's going to be problems for, uh, for L.A. All right, we come back. There was a, uh, a caveat to yesterday's win, and we don't know quite how big it is yet, but uh, Chris Paul, that was – that was the moment where Suns fans were like, oh, here we go again, and it was not that. Chris Paul came back, Suns get the win, going to play tomorrow, we'll talk about it next. It's the Rundown, Luke Lipinski and John Bloom on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Phoenix
0: Suns basketball is 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports App. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Keltlifter. A to Suns in the playoffs.
2: All right, welcome back to the show, Luke Lipinski, John Bloom in studio as well as we talk about yesterday's win over the Lakers and look ahead towards the rest of this series, Bloomer. We spent the whole first segment talking about how great it was, how great it was for the Valley, how great it was for Devin Booker, and and all that was true. But there was definitely a moment when Chris Paul went down in that game yesterday, and and I know you were you were there, you were involved in the, uh, in, the in the call and the broadcast and everything, but. Uh, I couldn't help. I had to look on Twitter to see what the general reaction was, and it was exactly what you'd expect. It was it was just a ton of Arizona sports fans being like, "Man, we just we can't have good things." Yeah, that's the line, right? Yeah. yeah,
3: I saw it too. I saw several people, yeah, tweeting that out. I mean, I I had a moment where I couldn't even look at my screen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my my. Uh, My throat kind of moved towards my stomach. My stomach moved towards my throat. My entire organs inside my body were mixed up together. And I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, you know what? Take some deep breaths, John. You're all right. Hopefully Chris is all right, too. And the end of this great dream season is not here. And that was what I just kind of just tried to settle my. This is my inner monologue, right? Yeah, but uh, that would have been it. I, didn't I say think. it over the headset. Yeah, that's uh, good. That's good. <laughs> I could tell Al and Tim were uh, also nervous, uh, just describing what yeah. what had happened. And you know, again, we we can't see everything. Being a little bit removed, and Al's so used to being right on the floor. Yeah. So here we are, trying to figure out, you know, what went down. Like, how did he hurt himself? We didn't really see it. Now I'm sitting in front of them, and I don't have a monitor at all. They have the monitors, and they're waiting for the replay. And the replay took a second or two I guess. So they they stalled then they finally started to describe what had happened and it looked like Cam Johnson was the guy who actually got tangled up with Chris Paul and it wasn't LeBron's fault uh for the injury. Cuz initially I'm like, "Oh my god, LeBron, really? Yeah. You're going to get every call <laughs> and you're going to take out your best you're friend, gonna, you're gonna hard hurt point Paul. guard. Come on, that can't be. This can't be game 1."
2: How how about that that storyline? LeBron ends up helping up Chris Paul there and the Lakers all gathering around like his career was over didn't help. Right. That, that that really hurt the perception of like the arena goes silent. Exactly. The Lakers look worried. and I'm like, did that end up being worse than it originally looked like? But then Chris Paul is helping LeBron up like two quarters later. Exactly. <laughs> How did that even happen? On?
3: I know. And, and just his walk off with the towel and the, yep. uh, and everybody. It was just so quiet. And it was like this Paul just came over the entire crowd, which was probably inconceivable for most of us because of how loud and vivacious the whole building had been from an hour before tip-off. Yeah. And so to get to that point, that was the first moment where it was just like all the air out of the building and then he comes back, right? So now he's back and there's this level of, oh, thank God, relief. Yeah, uh, and, and then we see him play and he's having a hard time dribbling yeah. and throwing passes and uh, let alone try to take a shot with that thing. And you just felt like this is an absolute gladiator moment for Chris Paul. This is him coming out there and probably uh, having no business running the point at this point, but he's going to do everything he can. And I felt like the fact that they let him play, they clearly checked him out, and it wasn't going to be a situation where he's going to go injure it further, and now he's going to be out the whole playoffs. Not going to risk that I never one felt game. that. No. But it did feel like really bad seeing him get out there and play with one arm. Yeah, I,
2: I, I will say when I when I saw it happen. So for me, when I used to play hockey, I dislocated my shoulder. That was like the injury that kind of like did me in. And it's not a dislocated shoulder for Chris Paul. But at the time, no, we didn't
3: know. I kind of felt like it was, too, because I did that as a kid. Yeah. I dislocated my left shoulder. And, yeah. and so, you know, if you've
2: ever done that, like it it's, it's terrible. Like you feel like your body's inside out. But once it gets back in you can keep playing but you don't feel right like mentally you're like wait can i reach for that and so when he was dribbling and just the ball's rolling away and we're talking about one of the greatest point guards of all time i'm like this isn't good if if like if, if even chris paul is in his head of like wait i have to hesitate before i reach out but it's not that it's a stinger which not to downplay a stinger but you just you just called chris paul a gladiator
3: and he is he'll fight through a stinger I think so. Yeah, he did already. And he's not even on the injury report. Mm -mm. So that is a good sign. Now, we're not the Utah Jazz, which uh, the sign should not be read into at all if you're on the injury report because Donovan Mitchell was not on the injury report yesterday morning and all of a sudden in the afternoon they ruled him out. And he was not happy about it. No. uh, he's probably less happy about it now that they lost. (laughs) That's a bizarre situation, but that's different than the situation we have here and Chris Paul uh, said it immediately after the game that he's going to play. I think his word was absolutely when he was asked if he'll be ready for game two. And now the fact that he's not on that injury report going into that game tomorrow night is also a good sign but I think we will all know when that ball gets thrown up for the opening jump tomorrow night uh, and Chris Paul gets his hands on it and dribbles up the floor we'll know Yeah, because you could tell like just his hesitation dribbles, just the way he handles the ball was different from the second he came back into the game. So we're going to be able to tell if it's the if it's the normal Chris Paul or if this is uh, maybe a partial Chris Paul.
2: And uh, this is Monty Williams today giving an update on
4: him. Uh, he, we just went through a little bit of a walkthrough and film, and he seems to be progressing in a good way. He's obviously sore, but that's all we have to report at this time.
2: If quick follow, coach, on that. If he's not a hundred percent, you still go with him like you did yesterday.
4: No, not gonna get into all the. <laughs> I get, I get you. You, you want to know, and everybody wants to know. I totally understand that, but I, I don't want to forecast that. He, he, uh, he was out there dribbling just now and going through his normal progression. So uh, we feel like he's in a good place, even though he's sore.
2: So it's interesting watching the game yesterday and now with the the benefit of hindsight too, I guess. I I feel like if Chris Paul didn't come back in that game, they still could have won that game yesterday because Anthony Davis was terrible and the Suns helped make him terrible. And just the way that game played out, the Suns coming in with all the emotion and and something to prove. But over the course of the series or over the course of these playoffs, they obviously need Chris Paul. (laughs) So I think they could have escaped one game, maybe, but... um, to hear that he's going to be back. I know Monty Williams said in there he's not going to sit there and forecast all these different scenarios because, A, why would you do that because it's a bunch of hypotheticals right now, and, B, why would you tip your hand to the Lakers at all? Um, But it it certainly seems like he's going to play. And like you said, we'll know tomorrow night kind of what we're looking at here for the rest of the series and beyond potentially with Chris Paul because if they want to do – what they ultimately are planning on doing, they're going to need Chris Paul.
3: Without a doubt. And look, I love campaign and what he brings to the table, and he needs to uh, be a big part of this as well for the Suns to be victorious and move on. And uh, yesterday was not uh, a great start for him, uh, but... I still have the ultimate confidence that he's going to play a big role. I don't think that he's ready to be the ultimate leader of this basketball team. And Chris Paul has done what he's done. Uh, and it has been uh, lauded for uh, being a key reason why the Suns are where they are number two in all of the NBA that is a lot uh, of Chris Paul's influence uh, getting them to that point and it's going to be his influence if they go far in the playoffs so uh, you're right they're going to need him and I think he knows it I think Monty knows it. everybody in that locker room knows it uh, but I also believe that if there is a stretch where they don't have him that it isn't time to panic and I don't think they will panic but they didn't yesterday they didn't there were some moments where it it was almost like, uh, you know, they were just kind of, they lost their mojo for a yeah. couple minutes. Booker turned it over, I think. There were a couple moments where the Lakers made a little bit of a run, and I think they may have scored six straight points to cut it from maybe 10 to four. And then uh, the Suns countered and went on a run. And it seemed like it took a little conversation on the sidelines just to kind of calm themselves down and understand that everything's going to be all right. And then they went out, and Booker did what Booker did, and uh, it was just steady. And that was huge. Now he knows he has that in him. He's always known he's had that in him. But now it's, again, a validation that he has it in him at this level against the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, arguably the best to play the game, and Anthony Davis not that far behind. And he did that at that element without Chris Paul on the floor. So, to me, that's also a big confidence boost, as if he needed a confidence boost. That dude's doing just fine in the confidence category. True, but, but it probably doesn't hurt his teammates, hurt. right, exactly. for them to
2: look around and they're like, wait a minute, Devin Booker had to run this team by himself for a long enough time that if he has to do it for three quarters, he can, mm-hmm. and he certainly did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then for Chris Paul to come back, I mean... Once he came back, and I know like you said, he wasn't he didn't look quite like himself, but he was he's it's still Chris Paul. He still has that swagger. You talk about what you need to win in the playoffs if you are an inexperienced team, especially if you're going up against the defending champs and they happen to have LeBron, you have to have that just not just a belief like, Hey, we can do this. Chris Paul to me carries himself like, No, no, we're going to do this. It's just a matter of how we're going to do it. And we've seen that all season long rub off on teammates. They're, they're probably like, "Okay, wait, this is my second year in the league." You know, is Cam Johnson is he is, is he supposed to come into this season expecting to make the playoffs as the two seed and potentially take out the lake? Is he really supposed to? But when you have Chris Paul next to you or Mikael Bridges, is he supposed to? Chris Paul's like, you yeah, no, we're gonna do this." You know, they need that, and just having him back, even if he's not at one hundred percent. You could see it yesterday in the second half of that game. They weren't going to lose once he came back.
3: Yeah, and I love what he said about what Willie Green told him. Uh, you know, the assistant coach would just say, hey, all you lost is your shot. You know, you could do everything else you'd do out there. You yeah. can D up. You can still pass. I think the dribbling was an issue, though. I, I don't think it was just his shot that was struggling. And even some of the passes looked, uh, you know, like it was hard labor for Chris Paul down the stretch in that game. But hopefully, uh, you know, this training staff did their magic. Uh, Chris Paul, you know he knows how to take care of his body. That's what everybody Talks about more than anything about how he's been able to extend his career and be so effective this late in his career. So hopefully all those things help. You know that along with uh, you know some of the other words that he's taken uh, note of from guys like Kobe and and other people that have dealt with injuries. And you know he's dealt with injuries too. This isn't his first rodeo by any stretch. So uh, he's not going to panic either. And I think he's just going to figure out what it's going to take to get himself ready and and to put himself in the best position possible to lead this team to another W tomorrow night. I do wonder too. Like you.
2: The physical component of the injury aside, I do wonder if it's got to be different in the moment when you get hurt right in the middle of the game, whereas now a guy like Chris Paul that's been around has 48 hours to prepare mentally for the next game and know, okay, you know, I won't say anything, but maybe I know I can't do this one thing. So I don't need to. I won't go to that during the game. I've got a billion moves. I'm Chris Paul. So we'll see. He's got he's now has two days to prepare for game two as a slightly injured version of Chris Paul. When we come back, the national perception of this series was uh, very lopsided 48 hours ago. How much has it changed? We'll get into that next. It's the Rundown. Luke Lipinski and John Bloom on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball
0: is 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station and the Arizona Sports Ass. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kelflifter. Talk Suns in the playoffs.
2: Alongside John Bloom, Luke Lipinski here with you. Talking about the Suns win over the Lakers yesterday and what we can take from that going forward the rest of this series. I gotta say for sure, without a doubt, Bloomer, the stat line that that stands out the most to me. Even more than Devin Booker with the 34 points. The most points ever by a a Phoenix Suns player in their playoff debut. And the 8 assists, the 7 rebounds. Like you said earlier, those are eye-popping numbers. But I'm not shocked by those. You know what I mean? Fair or not. I'm, I'm not shocked. Maybe the bar's too high the stat line stands out to me it was Anthony Davis with 13 points on 5 of 16 shooting. He's 19 feet tall. How did he shoot 5 of 16?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen again. I, at least I wouldn't think that it'll happen again. And so everybody kind of anticipating there's going to be a much better effort from Anthony Davis tomorrow night, but uh, the one guy who is not anticipating that is the guy who had the eye-popping stat line of the night for me, and that's DeAndre Ayton. Uh, when you miss one shot in 11 attempts, I know he's 100 feet tall, too, but <laughs> he was... That's he, what He should do. (laughs) He was fantastic. Uh, And uh, he was fantastic on both sides. Eight offensive rebounds. I mean, that's just, uh, again, when you knew going in that the Suns got manhandled by Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis the last time they played him. So uh, clearly they took note, and they came with uh, more enthusiasm on the glass uh, altogether as a team, but DeAndre Aiton led that charge. Kind of set the tone early, too, because in that first quarter, he had 10 points and I believe four rebounds. Yeah, right out of the gate. The other key we talked about on the pregame show was – defending without fouling and he did pick up three fouls in the first half uh but it, it was spaced out enough where you weren't necessarily panicking and then in the second half he did a much better job of defending without fouling he stayed in there he stayed available that was massive he was massive and uh If he can continue to do that, this team will have an even easier time against the Lakers than I anticipate. But I don't anticipate that he's going to go 10 for 11 every game. And I don't anticipate that Anthony Davis is going to go 5 of 16. They'll probably both come towards the norm a little bit. You know, you, you brought this up yesterday because
2: for the last, you know, four months and really since Aiton's been drafted, there's always been a talk of like, OK, well, it, it, which Aiton are we getting? Are we getting the really good one? Are we getting the inconsistent one? It's, you know, he has these nights where it's like, OK, he's frustrating. He's one of the most polarizing Suns players I can ever remember. But, it, you know, all, all season long on on this show, my stance has been if he shows up in the playoffs, we're not going to care. We really, I don't care what he did on a Tuesday night against Memphis in February. I don't. If he's going to be a guy that shows up in the playoffs, that's all I care about. And you don't have to put together 82 great games in the playoffs. Just give me five or six against the Lakers, and that should be enough to get you to the next round, get a few more. And, I, again, here we go. I know it's just one game, but, man, did he step up? And you said this yesterday on the pregame show he may very well step up, and you don't notice it in his stat line. You may notice it in Anthony Davis's stat line, or you may just notice it in the final score. Suns win. DeAndre's stats weren't amazing. DeAndre's stats were amazing. Yeah, he yesterday. Got all of it. He yeah. touched
3: all those bases <laughs> yesterday. The, the shutting down Anthony Davis. Yep. The, the Anthony Davis stat line. That part of that is uh, DeAndre Ayton. Check uh, his rebounds. We talked about it. his points and Check. the fact that he missed one shot on eleven attempts. All of that uh, is there, and they beat the Lakers. So yeah, he he did that all. Yeah, and is he gonna? They do it again tomorrow i don't know uh it's a lot to ask of a 22 year old man it really is a lot to ask of deandre at this stage of his career in his third season to be the anchor of the defense and to do those types of things offensively however if there is a group that can help him along the way it seems as though the Suns have found that right mix. Yeah. The, the mix of a coach that he trusts, that he'll listen to, that will be a sponge of. He's been a sponge since the day he got here. He really has. Uh, he's listened. He's taken notes. I remember his rookie year. He was taking notes every game. He was sharing some of those notes after the games. And it was a weird thing. You just didn't normally see guys in the league do that and talk about the notes that they were taking about their opponents. But he was doing that. And then you get into year two, and he took steps last season. Now, granted, it started awfully. Uh, with the suspension and so that got a lot of us wondering was this really a mistake did the sons get the wrong guy yeah and i think that he knew that he knew that people were wondering that about him and he knew that it was going to be even more on him to come out and show out when he got a chance and he did and he has and this season has been fantastic even though like we talked about yesterday the numbers might be less than what people thought you know, i read a, an article i think it was uh, on espn about uh, you know that everybody thought they'd pencil him in for for 20 and 10 right just pencil him in that's what he's going to average And it was much less than that uh, from a point standpoint. He was over 10 rebounds a game. And he he increased his block shots and his defensive numbers. When you look at metrics and analytics, which I never break down during broadcast, but I do read. And you can see progress when you go look down that road, which can be a winding road, believe me. uh, And a tricky one to navigate. Uh, With a lot of numbers involved. And if you don't like those numbers, don't even try to start the car and go down that road. Trust me. (laughs) But uh, I happen to be kind of a stat freak sometimes. So I do like reading about it. And he has made significant improvements in a lot of those metrics as well. Uh, So all that makes me confident that he can do this more consistently. But he is still 22. He is still the same dude that we've talked about that is going to be uh, still on a, I guess, a, a, a chain of progress. This line that he's on, this chart whatever it is, uh, as he continues to improve, you can't just expect him to all of a sudden be that dude that we saw yesterday every single game. Yeah, it can't be that It's linear. still
2: unrealistic. Yeah. I, I said this earlier in the season, it was probably like three or four weeks in, and maybe I didn't say it right because some people misconstrued it, but the way this team is constructed right now, they can win without DeAndre Ayton. The way I said it is, they don't need DeAndre Ayton every night to be able to win games. And people took that as, he doesn't want DeAndre Ayton on the team. No, that's not what I'm saying. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, if there's different ways you can win. Mm-hmm. If you tell me DeAndre Ayton doesn't have a great game too, there's still a way the Suns win that game. But if DeAndre Ayton does have another great game too, the way he just played in game one, they're gonna win that game. And that that's what I'm, that's the difference between this year's Suns team and, and the past teams that DeAndre Ayton has played on. In the past, It's it's... It's been he has to be great consistently every night when he's twenty years old or twenty one years old he has to be great every night or they don't have a chance. Whereas now there's absolutely a scenario tomorrow where he's just kind of like all right, Aiden finishes with twelve points, seven boards. No, those aren't terrible numbers, but okay. from DeAndre Ayton, and he doesn't really impact the game. They could still win the game, but the difference is if he goes out there and does what he did yesterday. I mean, that is it's it's not a complete bonus. You're obviously you've built your team around him in a lot of ways, but it's just. It, it's, it's a reminder of something so simple as, why don't you put some good players around them? And they've done that. Not just good. I mean, Chris Paul's great. Devin Booker's great. And Mikael Bridges, these guys are really good players where it's it's just more of a team now than it's been in the past. Now you're going to see... I don't care if he performs as the best player from that draft every single night. I care if he wins games for the Suns, and yesterday he did. There's just, there's no
3: way around it. He did, and and the other thing he did in in having that performance is he added another layer to the Lakers' game planning. Because now not only do they have to figure out how to not let Devin Booker go off like he did on <laughs> them in Game One, but they have to figure out how to not let DeAndre Ayton get on the offensive glass. So they got to figure out a couple different all you know alternate plans and, and adjustments. And this adds a layer of kind of onus on the Lakers to change things up, whereas the Suns are just going to say, D.A., you know what you did? Let's look at the film. That's the thing. You can point to game one and say you've already done it. Yeah, There's one moment where you had an absolute empty lane, yeah. we're gonna all laugh about it together. <laughs> we're gonna show you this film d a because you were guarded by a ghost, okay, and you did not want to take the ghost to the rim instead you passed out, okay? you passed away from an absolute yeah. empty lane, right? so I think that that's the one element they'll they'll have some fun with that. It's, it's funny you bring that up because i I just
2: <laughs> tweeted out during the game if Aton's gonna play if this is playoff eight and I don't care about regular season eight and five seconds later he did that and that I was happens. like, hopefully nobody's following me on Twitter. <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm sure you got some clap back, but you know what? That's the fun part about yeah. it when it's live and it's happening right in front of your face. Uh, and, and again, the thing that I took from that was, oh my gosh, DA, that was a layup or a dunk and nobody was around you. What are you doing? Yeah. And then seeing Jay Crowder and Chris Paul both approach him right away, both have that kind of dap and love him up a little bit in, in the way that they knew they could get him to understand that, yeah, you messed up, but... You're doing solid. Keep doing what you're doing. And then what did he do? The next few times, he delivered. He finished. And, uh, you know, again, I I think that that's why they can go look at that film and they can be like, D.A., we need this from you all the time, except we don't need this part. (laughs) Except edit that
2: part out. (laughs) Uh, Jay Williams, uh, ESPN's Jay Williams this morning. You know, now here's the great question, and I think we know how it's going to be addressed nationally, at least for the first game. How much of, of yesterday's lack of a performance from Anthony Davis is a result of DeAndre Ayton? How much of it is a result of Anthony Davis? Is what Jay Williams had to say.
5: When you're playing against a team like the Phoenix Suns, a young basketball team, you know what you do. You come out right away in the opening minutes of the game, and you put your foot on their neck. You let them know it doesn't matter what you did throughout the regular season. You do not belong on the court with us. We are going to send a message right from the beginning that we. We are the better team, and we defensively are going to dominate you. And here's one of the frustrations I have with Anthony Davis. As he is a top five talent in the league, because he is, a lot of the times, and we can say this as fans, that top five talent does not translate into him being a top five player. And last night was a prime example of it. I saw DeAndre Ayton dominate the game in ways that AD should dominate the game. Now, I know he's owned this. I heard him at the post presser. I heard him say all the right things but I want to see Anthony Davis be nasty. I want to see Anthony Davis with 16 rebounds. I want to see Anthony Davis with 42 points like he had the original meeting when he first played. These are the type of things when it comes to playoff basketball that you need to see ADB right from the beginning. I know we potentially will see that in game two, but this is a huge disappointment for the Lakers to start things off.
2: I know Suns fans are hearing that and by the way, if you're a Suns fan, call in 602 260-9870. We'll, we'll take your call here next segment, but but. Bloom I know Suns fans are hearing that and they're saying, okay, that's great. Why are you talking so much about Anthony Davis and not DeAndre Ayton after game
3: one? And that was the thing. Like, all the talk was about Anthony Davis's yep. failures, not about DeAndre Ayton's successes. And I'm okay with that, Luke. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. And, you know, to, to expect Anthony Davis to come out and be that unibrow... And dominate tomorrow night is okay. I think it's okay to expect that he's going that they're going to make it a point to get him the rock, and that he's going to make it a point to turn it around and have a better performance. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, though. It really doesn't. No, it's not. I mean, mean, how much has he done? Not guaranteed to prove to you that he's going to do that at this level. He did it in the playoffs last season. We've already discussed it. That was in a bubble. That was a totally different environment. He's doing it in hostile territory now. And if you did not hear what it sounded like in that gym, that is as hostile territory of a Lakers-Suns game I have ever been to. And I've been to a lot of them. Everybody in that gym brought it. And there were a bunch of Lakers fans there, and I didn't hear a darn thing from them. So... Credit to the they Suns They much fans. to say
2: for that game. I mean, there, were, there weren't even really lead changes in that game yesterday. It was just kind of, oh, the Lakers got within seven. Okay, Yeah, but Luke, you know
3: this as well as I do. They always make themselves oh, yeah, known. Absolutely. They always make themselves heard, make themselves seen, make themselves known, make themselves nauseating. All that stuff is consistent from Laker Nation. Yeah. I don't need to tell Suns fans this, but that's what made it even more beautiful yesterday. And that's what I can't wait to see happen again tomorrow. And I'll reiterate, Suns fans with disposable incomes, check out the third uh, you know, party sell, sales online for Staples Center. Start scoping out how to go be a Suns fan in that gym. Why it's like, not? It's, it's about
2: 77 degrees out there right now, too. Make a weekend out of it, you it or could whatever. drive. Yeah. Yeah. I just glorious. made it. Yeah, absolutely. I've let's, made that drive. Let's it's, Take it's, Planet it's, Orange on the road. It's it's, it's a mobile planet. We're going to hear from Planet Orange, right? We're oh, going
3: to tap into that.
2: 602-260-9870. Next segment we'll take some calls. I, I, I Bloomer, what do you want to hear from him? I just I want to hear first and foremost if your if your expectations or your comfort level with this series changed yesterday. I'm sure it did a little bit, but how much? Oh, but yeah. I mean, we'll take, you can talk about whatever you want, whatever's Absolutely. On your mind.
3: You can take us through, like, how you watched it, where were you oh, watching I it, like who's that. watching it with you, how did you all feel when Chris Paul went down, all these things that we're talking about, we can hear from the fans, too, let them have a voice, that's what I love about doing the post-game shows, as I've done for 14 years now, is getting a chance to take the pulse of people who are just like me, that root for this basketball team, and have for years and years and years, so now here we are, having uh, taken a one nothing series lead on the defending champs in round one of a playoff series, nobody else around the world thinks the Suns are going to make this run and, and take it all the way but you know what folks on Planet Orange feel pretty good about it so this is your chance this is your chance to tell us how you feel just like it is after each and every game
2: yeah you've been waiting for that game yesterday for 11 years so feel free to jump in again 602-260-9870 we'll come back Our number two of the show is next Luke Lipinski, John Bloom it's the rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station <laughs>
0: The home of Phoenix Suns basketball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, and the Arizona Sports App. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Health Center. LL to the Suns in the playoffs. playoffs.
2: Hour number two of the show live from the auction community studio alongside John Bloom, Luke Lipinski here with you, Jesse Morrison behind the glass, and uh, we're going to deliver on the promise. We said, Bloomer, we're going to take some phone calls here from Suns fans who... I imagine yesterday was pretty therapeutic and uh, that much more enjoyable because it was the Lakers.
3: Oh, It was, and we went long. We're going to go long on every postgame show throughout the playoffs and uh, take as many calls as we can, and Jesse Morrison's been on board for that, and I just want to say it's been a thrill to actually get to meet him in person for the first it's... time. We've worked together all season, <laughs> uh, and uh, he's taken phone calls on the postgame show and cut up sound and run the board and done everything like that, so it's good to finally meet Jesse. And, yeah, and good to a, meet you too. A, a face to the voice and the name and, and all all that, uh, and now uh, it's great to to go back and talk to all the fans from the valley. Which, as I mentioned before, Luke, it's one of my favorite parts of the job.
2: It, it is one of the best parts of the job. It's especially great on a day like today. So let's start. Let's go out to Tom in Phoenix. You're on the rundown. How you doing, Tom?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, how are you guys? Excellent. Hey, Tom, look, look. I think the Suns are the better team. I mean, what has this year's Lakers done? I mean, we're the second seed. They're the seventh seed for a reason. I mean, and then it's not, you know, the Lakers aren't the same team from last year, Uh, you know, and and so the only reason people think the Lakers are the Lakers is because of their name and the other guy with the L, LeBron. And there's another uh, L out there, and it's L-O-S, but I won't spell the whole thing out because I just, you know, respect LeBron's game, but I cannot stand him as a person. And uh, I, I just hope we can beat them in five. Uh, and I hope just like in game seven uh, uh, against the Lakers back at the, the, the game after uh, Raja Bell suspension, I hope there's going to be uh, 17,000 fans chanting, LeBron sucks. LeBron sucks like they did. I know you were there, Bloomer, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, they were I mean, chanting. Everybody they they brought their A game. The, the fans did, without a doubt. Everybody in that arena, uh, you yeah. know, with the beat. La chants from uh, 45 minutes before tip off. Luke, while we were on <laughs> yeah, the we're air, still on the air. Yeah, I know, it was crazy. And then, you know, uh, and ju- then
1: when it's all said and done, and and when we're up by 20 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, let's get the gorilla out with the LeBron jersey and and dressed up as a uh, fisherman. Uh, with the uh, you know with the the gone fishing, uh, and the Mayberry RFD you know song, uh,
2: love it, Tom. Great call, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. One thing he said in there at the very beginning thinks the Suns are the better team, and I, I try I've I've been trying to stay as impartial on this as I can. Right, being on the air doing the show. Like if I just come on here and I'm just like, oh, the Suns are going to win. Lakers suck. Like, well, that's that doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> but um, watching that game yesterday. With the context of the Suns going 51 and 21 and the Lakers, it really just being like LeBron's great. Anthony Davis is really good. They'll flip a switch. And then also watching that game yesterday where they couldn't flip the switch yesterday, the Suns are the better team. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the Lakers can't win because they have LeBron, but the Suns are the better team. I mean, at a certain point, the Lakers finished seventh. Now, should they have been seventh if they were healthy? No. But they're also not healthy now either. Exactly. So this version of the Lakers is probably maybe, what, third or fourth in the in the West? Okay, but the Suns were ahead of that. like ex- ex- All season. The Suns probably should have won that game yesterday, and they did.
3: Yeah, and, you know, look, there are some numbers that would tell you the Lakers are a better in certain categories. They've been the better defensive team yeah. all season because they've been the best defensive team all season. Um, and... You can't argue with that. However, and, and so like you know, when Frank Vogel comes out after last night's game and says, "Well, we held them to ninety-nine points. If we do that again, I'm going to feel great about it." Well, the Suns will feel great about it too. If you have less than ninety-nine points, which they certainly feel capable of doing, because they've done that already to you, and they've done it to a lot of teams, because they've been a top ten defense all season. They were top five defense for the majority of the season, slipped to six or seven down the stretch. But again, and I think that uh, this is one of those matchups. You're right that, and and so is Tom. Tom's right. A lot of people are going to just say the Lakers are going to win this because they are the Lakers and because they have LeBron and because LeBron has never been beat in the first round and all these things we've never seen before. Well, guess what? We never saw basketball in a bubble before. We never saw a team <laughs> run the table and win eight straight games and be left out of the play-in play game after winning all eight games in the bubble. I'm wearing my Bubble Boy shirt Boys, right now, yeah, so I, I wanted
2: know. to slap that's the chest so while I did I, that. I, it's got like the Disney Y on it, too. Like, yeah, that's exactly. It's a bubble great Boy touch shirt,
3: from yeah. the from uh, the Breaking tea, I think, that made yeah. it. This? Uh, and, and so then, uh, I, look, I, I think that that bubble, who knew the magnitude that that run in Orlando could have on this team? And I really feel like it did because it is the, one of the main reasons that guys like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder were convinced to join this team. Yeah. So start there. Then take the fact that you had Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikkel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton winning every game as if it was a back-to-the-wall, win-or-go-home situation, and they won all eight. So they remember that. They know they have that in them, and that is probably why they played the way they did yesterday. Yeah, and that, that was the fastest
2: way to turn things around with the way they'd been going for the previous four or five years, and it all ended up working out. Let's go back out to the phones. We'll go to Queen Creek. Daniel's on the line. Daniel, you're on the rundown.
6: Hey, Luke. Hey, Bloomer. So uh, my brother Cody is a regular call-in bloomer to your post-game show after every one of the games because he normally goes. He's a season ticket
3: holder. Oh, yeah. I love Cody's calls. Always a great call. He's always got one of his kids with him almost every single time. He's taking a kid to the game. I love that.
6: Yeah, he actually took me to a couple of the games and I got to go with him a couple of times and I appreciated that. Uh, It's pretty awesome to be able to be in the arena this year and be able to get to go back and see those and be able to watch him whoop up on uh, both both games I went to when they played Chicago and when they played the Wizards. But um, he was at the game last yesterday, and I was uh, texting him while I was watching it. And I'm like, man, these refs are going to cost us. And he's like, yeah, it just doesn't look good when that whole uh, rundown happened with Cam and everything. And he's like, oh, man, hopefully this doesn't cost us. And, but the funny thing that I noticed was every time the Lakers had a punch that they threw at us, the Suns had a counter punch and the thing that I noticed about the Suns team is yeah team they they they've taken a punch from a team whoever it was every time they've lost a game I think they've only lost back-to-back games what I think three three or four times the entire season mm-hmm. they were one of the best at not losing um back-to-back games they they don't lose at home. They don't lose on the road. They're consistent at what they do. They know how to be able to adapt, and they know how to be able to play through it and through adversity. And they, they proved, they've they proven that consistently throughout the season. And they proved that yesterday when their, their point guard, uh, Paul, went down. And then also when Cam even got kicked out, they still were able to play through that and were able to adjust on the fly and be able to do what they needed to do. And we're consistently fighting strong, and uh, I'm looking forward to having them be able to beat L.A. and be able to have those chants get louder and louder as more fans come and watch them have another chapter happen where we rewrite history and ship L.A. off and have it be another time with the Suns sending them packing and have LeBron and uh, the Unibrow go home counting because they're out in the first round.
2: Daniel, I appreciate the call. Good stuff. He makes another point that needs to be brought up. The Suns just, they didn't lose games consecutively much at all this season. They haven't lost 3 in a row since the end of January. So it's been 4 months and if you recall one of those was that Denver game that they shouldn't have lost.
3: Yeah, Jamal Murray's yeah. Uh, preposterous 3. S- still walking end.
2: around Jefferson getting ready for that shot. <laughs> um, but I mean that that's that's an absolute skill that I, look I get it's different if the Lakers win tomorrow, it's not like they can't win on on Thursday. But the Suns I remember talking to Cameron Payne earlier in the season, he said no, that that's not an accident. Like that is a goal of ours on a, as a team. We're going to lose games. We don't want to lose two in a row. And if they can carry that into the playoffs, do the math. I mean, if you win game one in any series, you're going to win every
3: series. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, if they were to lose and get tripped up tomorrow night, I, I'm not going to panic. And I, and I don't think they're going to panic because they know how resilient of a bunch they've been all season. Yeah.
2: Let's go out. Let's get one more. Let's go to Brett in Phoenix. You're on the rundown. Brett, how you doing, man?
7: I'm doing great. How are you guys? Excellent. Hey, Brett. Hey, guys. I, I have so many thoughts. I, I couldn't calm down. I could barely sleep last night. Um <laughs> The last time I watched a playoff game, you know, it was obviously about, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago?
0: Yep.
7: Um, Well, this last game I got to watch with, since then, I was not a dad. Now I have three kids, three boys. So I took it upon myself to make my own basketball team for the next winning Suns team. Um, But now they're here already. So (laughs) it was was great to watch watch it with them. Um, I do agree with these callers that we are, I, I believe, by far the superior team. They have the two best players, but... The fact that Chris Paul can get injured and we have Devin Booker to, to handle the ball, uh, that's a huge advantage for us. Devin Booker's a fantastic facilitator when he's on his game. And uh, as of right now, it looks like he's going to be on his game. So thank you, gentlemen, for the call. I just, uh, I'm just, i so excited I can't even handle it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. So> go Suns,
2: <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the Thanks call. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I think we're going to know a lot after tomorrow's game. If if the Lakers win that game, it's like all right, here we go. This is probably going seven, and I would prefer the Suns win in six. I don't want to get into a game seven with LeBron. Doesn't mean the Suns can't win it, but I mean, if the Lakers come out flat tomorrow, if they look the same tomorrow that they did yesterday, and the Suns go up two nothing. Do you see this team losing four out of five? I mean, they're just the Suns are not
3: built to lose four out of five. No, I don't. And and again, I'm uh, you, you've sensed this from me since we started talking about this yesterday. Is I, I just have confidence in this squad. And uh, by the way, uh, Jesse looked up, and there are apparently tickets available at Staples Center. So if you're interested, I'm strongly
2: considering going for
3: the price he found. Them road at. trip. <laughs> It's not yeah, that it's I, a five
2: hour drive.
1: I found them for fifty-seven each. Four Stop tickets. It. That can't be real. First of all, now I won't be able to buy them because you just three. said that. Yeah,
2: they're uh, gone. Look, this is this is what you do.
1: <laughs> that's third low row of the upper level. That's not that's, that's not about the, where I sat when I went to the Staples that, Center. Th- are you sure that's not just it's to an actual seat.
2: staples in LA where like you sit in aisle three? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get the easy button. Yeah. No, this this is Seat Geek. This is Okay. <laughs> this is a great deal. You gotta buy them up now, though, because they're they're gonna go for a lot more come Thursday. So buy
2: those. Get on the ten and just drive, yeah. and you'll hit Staples Center. It's on the ten.
3: That's right. Like, just take the actually, actually
1: never mind. I take this back. I take this back. I I completely flubbed that. Are those? Is that <laughs> like this parking? Is the Clippers.
2: <laughs> Oh, oh, the Clippers. Against still, the Mavs. The nerve of them to even sell tickets after their performance. <laughs> Those should be free. All right. Well, don't listen to Jesse or you'll end up in a Clippers-Mavs game. <laughs> 2.48 for the Lakers. That's, that's still that's, better that's, than I would have thought.
3: Yeah, that's less than what the tickets here are going
2: for. Yeah. All right. We come back. We'll uh, we'll get back into Devin Booker and just the the storyline. There's To me, there's two. Devin Booker and one other guy that... I'm just really happy for on this team. Above all else, we'll get into that next. It's the rundown. Luke Lipinski, John Bloom on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The home of Phoenix Suns basketball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station and the Arizona Sports App. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. LL Talk Suns in the playoffs on the rundown.
2: Welcome back to the show, Luke Lipinski, John Bloom. Here, uh, quick update on that uh, that Bucks Heat game. It's uh, still a twenty-eight point lead for Milwaukee. That's, uh, <laughs> they're still they're closing play. in. The
3: Heat are closing in. Yeah. Uh, they've got them on the run. They've <laughs> cut it from thirty-two to twenty now seven. So, uh, but but it's only two and a half minutes left. So they, they have not gone looking on a, good for Spo. on a three-zero run, I believe. Because now it's <laughs> down to twenty-seven. Unanswered. Yeah, they call that a hat
2: trick in some sports. Um, Bloom, we were talking about it in the first segment, or the first hour of the show. Devin Booker, I think that's the one that that longtime Suns fans immediately identify with, of like, this guy has been here through the bad times, and we want to see him, you know, you want to see Mikael Bridges succeed, you want to see DeAndre and you want to see Chris Paul and Cam Johnson, all these guys, but Devin Booker suffered through the four really bad years, and we saw him go out there and really perform yesterday, And, and you hope, and I think we're all pretty confident that he will perform similarly to that, throughout the rest of the series and these playoffs, however long that goes. Uh, the other guy I got to say that I'm really happy for, and I think if you're impartial, if you're not a Lakers fan or a Suns fan and you're just kind of tuning into the series, it's hard not to root for him, is Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, his path back to being a head coach, he's talked about what this experience, even before the playoffs, just coaching this team and these guys have done for him. And they showed a clip, and we're going to try and find the audio here, um, because you probably didn't get to see it because you were at the game. Exactly. They showed. Heard
3: about it, but I haven't seen it
2: yet. Yeah. Monty Williams talking to his team after the Lakers and kind of make a push to get back in it where he's essentially like, look, I don't want to look back in July and be like, we could have done more in May. You know what I mean? Just take care of it in May. And I can't say it as good as Monty Williams, so we're going to try and find the clip. But um, I do have the audio of him today asked about him huddling the team up. and And they definitely did respond. And this is what he said today in his media availability.
4: No, you know, I hope I'm not preaching, but I guess it does sound like it at times. Um, but since day one when we arrived, we talked. We talked about the conditioning test that we all have to pass, and there's going to be moments in the game where you have to have a great deal of poise and mental stamina. And you know, yesterday was one of those those moments. But I, we've we've been talking about this for two years. Um, it's going to be stuff that happens in the game and you can't allow whatever that is uh, to take your focus to take your discipline Um, we don't want to spoil all the work that we put in by reacting or responding to something that really doesn't matter in the big scheme of winning so it's something that not only do I talk about but the players talk about it it's it's just a, a way of a part of our culture, um, so I, you know, it just so happens that they had the camera on me, which is a waste of time, and um, I said what I said. But I think that's it's something that we all talk about it in in this particular culture. Boy well, Monty
2: loves to deflect that attention away from himself, doesn't he? He's
3: a big fan of the self deprecation. <laughs> big really is. fan of self deprecating humor and I love it. Uh and you know, I, I think it's genuine. I I do. Uh but uh I would lo- still like to hear uh, his motivational speaking on the sidelines, and I believe that uh, Jesse or you might I, have found I th- it. I, th- I found something that's 10 seconds long. I believe this is it. Remember, this is the shot, live We're going to give radio, it a shot. Live radio, here we
2: go. This could be anything. It might be I will full say, of curses. This is in Jarrett Carlin's though. <laughs> folder, though, so it could just be Jarrett singing a song about Monty Williams. Here we go.
4: This, this is our freaking moment early in the playoff. I'm not trying to get to July and say, I wish we would have did whatever. It's freaking right now. You guys are built for this.
2: They have these moments I know there's only 10 seconds if you're not a suns fan you're probably like okay whatever but if you're a suns fan they have these moments in, in, in all the sports where they, they'll they'll have somebody mic'd up or they'll have somebody they'll just have a microphone down near the court or the ice or the field or whatever and like it's cool but a lot of times it's like all right whatever they played that during the game yesterday and and I guarantee you suns fans were like hey win the game like because I heard that and just the, the moment it was going it was like it to me just reinforced the relationship Monty Williams has with his team yeah, i mean if they'd gone out there and got blown out after that okay whatever it's, that's not going to change my feeling on, on monty williams because the team won 19 games the year before he got here and now they're one of the best teams if not the best in the nba regular season but it was just such a simple thing and you just you heard him talk before that i don't know why they had the camera on me but we've all heard those things where it's like i go out there and try hard or you know or, or we're gonna win this game or we're gonna like there was something there was like there's something to that of I don't want to look back in two months and be like, just give a little bit extra. Just do it now. So you're not living with regrets in two months. And you're built for this,
3: yeah. which was the, the, the story that came out of that that I saw was that, you know, he told them you guys are built for this moment. And uh, there is uh, one thing for your coach to tell you that and say it. There's another thing to look in his face and know he believes it. Yeah. And then you believe it too. And, and they, I think that's they what it, it too. is. I, think, yeah.
2: I, I mean, again, you to go from a 1963 record to the next year going 8 0 in the bubble, and the next year being the number two seed in the NBA, you obviously believe
3: it. So it, it's And like, by the way, he's built for this because he didn't even make us bleep that. He used freaking. <laughs> he did twice. That, that was my other thought. In the
2: game, he's like, all right, I got to still be Monty Williams. As our season on the line against the Lakers,
3: you guys can freaking do this. Go for it. <laughs> Don't get happy on the farm. You can freaking do it. And he did. And they did. And, uh, you know, it works. It works for him. That's his language. That's how he goes about his business. I love it. I'm fascinated by just, you know... All the different elements of the different coaches he's worked with and how he's utilizing those. Uh, And you can see it. You can see the Popovich in him. You can see different elements uh, that he picked up along the way as a player and then as an assistant, uh, working a little bit in the front office too in San Antonio, and it has uh, built him to be the coach he is now. And we are fortunate to have him. And isn't it a great storyline? With him now leading this bunch to their first playoffs against the team he could have joined Mm -hmm. and the king that he could have performed for. Instead, here he is leading the Suns, leading Planet Orange. we got to get him on the Planet Orange train, though, because I know he used the phrase Suns Nation during his post-game comments last night. I would love for him to refer to it as Planet Orange. I think there's time. I think we can get it. Maybe he's listening right now. Monty, we love you uh join the planet orange uh crew that's that's how we love to refer to the sun's fans here in the valley and uh you know because it doesn't limit it to the valley doesn't limit it to phoenix you could be on planet orange you could be from anywhere we it got does. flex in jersey we got people in australia yeah, that's true they're all on planet orange it does kind of limit you to this one planet though, and one color specifically yeah which okay. yeah, there's more than just orange i get the it. purple galaxy Wow. Well, then you're, yeah, that's a whole different, but yeah. the planet oh, is in I'm the purple galaxy, that. is that what you're be, saying? Yeah. This is taking it it, to it, it. Planet yeah. and
1: orange in the purple galaxy. It's okay. getting very
2: uh, astronomical. <laughs> um, to your earlier point, you hope Monty's listening. Let's be honest, if Monty was listening the second we played audio of him, he turned it off. Yeah, because he I didn't want to hear himself. Likes, yeah, but
3: maybe he tuned back in. I That's he's probably saying. like,
2: I, "I only talked for a minute, so I can just flip back on." All right, we come back. We're going to get the uh, L.A. perspective on this. We're going to talk to Kyle Goon of the O.C. Register. Get his thoughts on what exactly is up with the Lakers. Was it Are you just saying one there's game?
3: a goon that covers the Lakers?
2: That's yeah, I guess That's in a way. Yeah, okay. okay. And he's gonna he's gonna give us some insight on if that was just a one-game blip from the radar or the the Lakers radar or if that's actually been that way all season. We'll find out next. It's the rundown. Luke Lipinski, John Bloom on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The home of Phoenix Suns basketball is 987 FM Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports Ass. Suns playoff coverage, presented by four-piece stealth legend, the Suns in the playoffs.
2: All right, welcome back to the show. Luke Lipinski here with you. We're joined now by Kyle Goon, Laker beat writer for the Orange County Register uh, after yesterday's Game 1 and heading into tomorrow's Game 2. Kyle, first of all, appreciate the time. Um, what's, uh, what is your feeling on, on just on how this series is being viewed now in Southern California? And, and did it change dramatically after yesterday? Or is that kind of still, you know, people take a wait and see because it's LeBron?
8: Yeah, I I mean, I think right now it's the latter. Um, I think there's definitely frustration um, just because, you know, the the Lakers' best players didn't play that well. Um, I think a lot of frustration about Anthony Davis, um, only 13 points. Uh, That is is not a lot of points from AD, especially just two weeks removed after he scored 42 points against this team. And and I think to his credit, AD kind of – took that on himself he said you know we can't win a game let alone a series if I'm playing this way uh, I take full responsibility I'm going to be better in game two and historically I mean he has been Uh, you know last year the Lakers lost uh, round one games game Ones to uh, Portland and and to Houston and obviously at then they were the favorite Um, I'd say you know this series that they've been obviously the gambling favorite the expert favorite but with home home court advantage for Phoenix, it's not exactly the same beast, right? So um, I think it might be a little different, and there's definitely some frustration in Southern California among Laker fans, but I wouldn't say... Uh, it's reached the point of despair.
2: You know, you bring up a great point with Anthony Davis. We were doing like three hours of pregame yesterday, and that's the name we kept coming back to. You know, everybody looks at LeBron. And obviously, he's one of the greatest players of all time. But Anthony Davis, in particular, seemed to pose the biggest matchup issues for the Suns. And he still could, obviously. It's only one game in the series. But when you look at what happened to him yesterday, how much of that in your mind was because of the Suns? How much of that was Anthony Davis either not being a hundred percent or maybe just not being completely dialed in?
8: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I uh, the best split I could give it probably is is 50-50. Um, you know, obviously the Suns have have been a pretty competent defensive team this year, and, and frankly, you know, he's being guarded by Jay Crowder, who is a guy who faced him last year in the finals. I mean, that's a, that's not a bad matchup for Phoenix, even though you know, the, conventionally, no nobody's good on, on Anthony
6: Davis. There's there's very few defenders who are
8: good on Anthony Davis. Um, but uh, I think Jay Crowder just has a sense of toughness and awareness that um, that helps, and he has a history. Um, but, you know, frankly, Monty Williams said it today himself, where he said you, you expect great players to make shots, and he didn't make shots. Um, I, I believe he was 5'4", 16, so it's never great when you have um, 16 shots and 13 points to show for it. So he, he hit some stuff in the mid-range – or he missed some stuff in the mid-range uh, that wasn't there. He, he's he been really struggling from three-point range. I'm not even sure that he should be taking three-pointers um, that he's been taking recently. Um, but I, I think, you know, that sometimes that comes and goes with him. And, and it's not unusual. Um, you know, Lakers fans have seen it before. Um, and, and, frankly, the Lakers have a history of, of starting series a little slow. Uh, and Anthony Davis is part of that. Um, I think it is a little surprising that um, basically every game has been meaningful for the Lakers for about two weeks now, and you really don't see that kind of urgency. So from from him on down, I think um, there is a lot of accountability to be taken for what happened.
2: Talking to Kyle Goon, Laker beat writer for the OC Register. Kyle, when you look at the supporting cast outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, just, even just comparing it to last year, obviously they won the title last year. I mean, do you see this year's supporting cast as you know, better, worse, just maybe a little bit different? I guess, I guess the reason I'm asking is because it seems like with guys like Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis, it should be a dominant front court, and maybe it still will be, but there's also kind of a sense where maybe all the pieces don't quite fit together yet.
8: Yeah, and, and that. I mean that's been the struggle almost all year, um, and, and certainly the back half of this year, where they, you know, didn't have AD and LeBron together, um, except for, you know, four games in, in the second half of the season. So, um, you know, they, they really don't have a strong sense of of what they are. Um, they 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 don't have a strong sense of the spacing, especially when it comes to. Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis playing together on offense. You see offensively, they really bog down. Um, I thought, you know, they have some moments where they show that, you know, if they can be successful in running some pick and rolls, um, Andre Drummond can kind of, kind of be a dump off option. But the fact is when those two guys play together on offense, um, you know, th- that Anthony Davis has to hit mid range shots for that to, to be effective because, um, it's just a little too easy to pull Andre Drummond's defender off of him and double Anthony Davis in the post and, and be able to recover easily. So th- there's a technical problem there with playing those two guys together on offense, and, and if Anthony Davis isn't hitting mid-range shots, there's no space for Andre Drummond to work. Um, so it's there's a lot of technical toughness there. Um, I would say overall, if you look at the roster that the Lakers have, the supporting cast is more talented. I mean, you'd rather have Dennis Schroeder, a guy who can who can put up, you know, 25 points in a game. Um, there was really nobody last year on the roster who could do that in the playoffs. And Dennis Schroeder has shown he's capable of doing that. Um, Andre Drummond is probably a better, a more talented center than they had last year. But like you said, the pieces just have not fit together yet. So I think the, the talent quotient is higher, but... But the chemistry aspect is just not at the level as it was last year when the roles were really, really well defined.
2: Well, I guess sort of building off that and bringing it back to LeBron, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to be a doctor, but sometimes it's tough to tell with him, and obviously a lot's being asked of him to at times maybe carry this team on his shoulders completely. I I don't know, he didn't look like LeBron to me yesterday, he was hitting his shots, but he also just, I mean, typically LeBron can take over a a lot of these games especially in the playoffs, I mean, how much of that in your mind was simply, this is a game one he's been there before, we all know how good his record is even when he loses game one, and how much of that is still concerned with the ankle or or just being banged up this season?
8: Yeah, I I think it's a little bit of both I mean, I think um, LeBron does feel out game ones and, and more recently he has not um, been successful in game ones, especially in the first round, um, and, and you see him kind of gaining strength as the series goes along, as he, he reads the matchups, as he understands, you know, how certain defensive rotations are going to work. I think he did make some some really good passes that just weren't finished yesterday, um, some really good stuff in traffic. But the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is, since he, uh, he he played in, in this last game of the season against the Kings in the fourth quarter and, and turned his ankle again. Um, and and at the time, he said it wasn't a big deal. He'd be fine. But we have not seen him dunk since then. We've not seen him dunk a basketball. And we're talking about LeBron James. Like, that, if that doesn't tell you where his ankle's at, like, that, then nothing else does. I mean, it, he's just physically not able to impose himself um, vertically, like like he's been in the past. I think he's still able to get to the rim at certain points. He's still able to finish because he has soft hands. But the above the rim game right now is, I don't think it's quite there for him. I I don't know, um, you know how fast his ankle is going to heal or, or what. But it may not be there for him this series, which is a critical tool. He's got a lot of tools, but that's that's a big one.
2: You know, obviously, for the Lakers to win and do what they do, it's going to have to be LeBron and Anthony Davis. And you talked a little bit about the supporting cast. But, I mean, in your mind, if you're looking forward now the rest of the series, if the Lakers were to come back, who is another player outside of those main two? And maybe even throw Schroeder in there as well, outside of main, those those main three that you think has to step up for this team.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think a really easy one is Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, yesterday, I, I actually don't remember off the top of my head where he finished Uh, shooting but at one point he was one for seven on threes and the way that this team operates they just need a three-point shooter to be hot and more times than not this season it's been KCP so that's a really easy one where hey if he hits, um you know two more threes than he did you know it's a three-point game not a nine-point game right so Mm -hmm. that's just more life right there I think in one sense, the Lakers have to be encouraged that they were able to to, to withstand a big performance by Devin Booker and and only hold the Suns 99 points. And, you know, if you're looking at that number, you're the Lakers like, well, we can score more than 99 points next time. I, I don't think that will hold up throughout the series, but I think they just got to be looking for some of those shots to fall. And, and KCP was a guy who got a lot of open looks. And, and didn't drill him um I, I expect that he'll have a few games this series where he does and that'll be a huge lift uh to lakers offense
2: uh last one for you we have we have history here in phoenix going way back with with players getting into a skirmish and then getting suspended and completely altering the series and obviously <laughs> we we didn't re- yes. re- we didn't hit that uh, line quite yesterday but what did you think of of what happened and do you think that carries over at all into game two and beyond
8: I, I don't know. I mean like the Lakers were not playing a good game, all right? And and Alex Caruso um is a guy who well he, Alex Caruso was begging for something to happen. I'll I'll put it that way. He he was he was running his mouth a little bit before that he had drawn two charges um and then that little collision happens with Chris Paul and LeBron or whatever the heck that was. Um and and then of course, off-ball, Campaign, and Alex will get into it. So I, I kind of view it as that's a veteran player um, beating a, – a, well, Campaign isn't really that much younger, but ba- beating a slightly less experienced player to into something. Um, and, and Campaign bit. And he said today after Sun practice, you know, I regret that. That's not what I'm about. It shouldn't have happened. Um, and I think that was a moment where the Lakers were looking for something, anything – to get going. And I think Alex Caruso was trying to create a little bit of a flashpoint. So, so they could build momentum and then they just missed shots down the stretch. They just missed more shots. So um, I don't know if that will have a special, special carryover. I think in general, if you're the Suns and you're less experienced, you have a lot of guys who are, are making their playoff debut or they're you know playing maybe their second or third playoff series in their careers you got to be aware. You got to, and I think it'll be a teaching point for money. One is to say, we can't get dragged into this stuff. We, we played a good game yesterday when we were allowed to play our game. Um, just keep at it. So I, I, that's what I would think would happen out of that.
2: Kyle Goon, great stuff, man. I appreciate the time. I know you're busy right now. Enjoy the rest of the series. I I guess from Phoenix, don't enjoy the rest of the series too much, but enjoy the rest of the series.
8: No, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun seeing the fans. It's been fun. It was fun being in the, I mean, that's, the uh, most packed gym I've been in um, since March of 2020. So, and I know I went to the bubble. I saw all the games in the bubble, and it's just a different experience when you have the crowd there. So, I enjoyed it as much as I'm sure the fans in Phoenix were enjoying it for sure.
2: Yeah, that was the first time we've had that really here too. So, uh, yeah, it's just better for everybody to have some fans at these games finally. Kyle, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Luke. All right, thanks. Take care. That's Kyle Goon of the OC Register. Yeah, I can't even imagine going from covering NBA playoff games in the bubble last season to covering that game yesterday, which it's not just, okay, you have a big crowd finally. We haven't seen a lot of those because we haven't been able to. But that's a crowd that's been waiting 11 years for a playoff game. And really, if we're being honest... They've been waiting 11 years specifically for a playoff game against the Lakers, and they got it yesterday. So, yeah, good stuff there from Kyle. We'll come back. Obviously, more on this series. That is next on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
0: The home of Phoenix Suns basketball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Atlanta.
1: That was amazing. I man, I told C, I was like, that's the most intense game I've ever been in my life. You know, um, but I've never, you know, I just, I was really just quiet the whole time, just trying to play hard. You know, I was just really embracing everything that was going on, and the fans was, it was yeah, that was a concert. That was a concert.
2: DeAndre Ayton after yesterday's 99-90 victory over the L.A. Lakers in Game 1 of this Best of 7 Series final segment of the show. Luke Lipinski alongside John Bloom. Uh, Bloomer, you kind of called for that cut, although once I saw it, I was going to play it whether you wanted it or not. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> I liked it. Yeah.
3: It was a concert. They did actually have a, a halftime concert, which was fun. And, and I, I I heard, I, or I saw on Twitter, that uh, local rapper Futuristic set to perform tomorrow. Nice. Uh, I have a poster from Devin Booker. I think it's his rookie year. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite things in the garage. It's hanging in the garage and it's Booker with his hand on the top of Futuristic's head. And Futuristic off the ground. There's like a, a six inch clearance from his feet to the ground. So like he's palming Futuristic. Now Futuristic's a rapper. He's a local guy. He's small. Uh, Booker is not small. Not- so it, it, I love It's just a great poster. I see it every time I drive into the garage. However, uh, let's get back to DeAndre Ayton. That was like a concert yesterday. And Luke, I know you. I think you know this about me. I love music too. Yep. I love sports and I love music, and I miss live music like you wouldn't believe. So to get that feeling, where you know, and, and I didn't get to feel it, uh, but for some like fist pumps and stuff that I throw, I'm quiet while I'm watching the game because I'm I'm on headset, but I'm not. My mic is on is off because I I can turn it on and off. Yeah. So I keep it off, you know, during the game unless I'm going to like, Exactly, unless I'm going to give Al and and Tim some stats or something like that, which I'll do during breaks, and and so. Things happen during a game. I can't control myself. Like if a guy travels, I go to the roll. I do. I do the I do the hand roll. That's a travel. But I can't yell that's a travel, which I would do if I was watching the game on TV. Yes. I yell at the TV. I'm one of those lunatics. And I'm fully open about it. It might right? work at some point. You never know. It might. Uh, so, no. So, last night, you know, DeAndre doing his thing and realizing that that uh, situation called for him to just kind of. Take it in, be quiet, and just do his job is great. Because guess what, DeAndre, it's going to be like that again tomorrow. We mm-hmm. got another concert. It's seven o'clock instead of twelve thirty, but other than that, I'm expecting it's going to feel like a concert again in that gym, and maybe even more so. Who knows? That's a good question. Is it going to be crazier
2: tomorrow, or is because because yesterday you had all of the uh, the pent up emotion of the last true. eleven years and That's the last true. year and a half separately of just not being able to have a, 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 that close to a full. Uh, arena, but now you have the, hey, we're up one nothing on the Lakers. Like, if you
3: go up 2 nothing, it's not over, but it's pretty nice. Right, and you have the people that heard all about how the people brought it in game one. Maybe they are different people that are going to game two, and they want to prove that they're going to bring it too, right? You're listening right now. If you have tickets to the game tomorrow, don't talk between now and then. Save your voice. Save it.
2: Yep. Just maybe, bring maybe some all of like, lemon and
3: honey and some yes, tea. You know, yes. really get that voice That's going for tomorrow. That's a veteran broadcaster yeah. move right there. The The hot water with a little lemon. Little honey, yeah, and you'll bring. You got to do
2: it. Well, because if you lose your voice in January and there's four games that week, you got to get that voice back. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So bring the noise tomorrow night, like they brought it yesterday, and it will have an impact because you heard every player to a T talk about how it impacted them. So you do it again tomorrow, it will impact them again. And uh, I feel like I know you said that, well, everybody was pent up, and yes, that's true because I felt it too. Uh, but you can you can replicate that. Uh, and you know when you do uh, have that impact, you help the Suns, uh, beat the Lakers. So, of course, the motivation is there. And I have a feeling, like you said, well, now you're up one nothing, You know it's possible. The energy is still going to be there. Oh, and and yeah. I, I feel like it's only going to grow. It is going to grow because more people are going to get to go to the gym, potentially. Like, we we're hearing reports that they might actually be at full capacity uh, at some point during the playoffs. So, It's going to grow like this whole feeling can grow because if you get another win against the Lakers and then two more, guess what? Now you're in the second round. Now it's one step closer to the ultimate goal. It is crazy
2: how this worked out. It's like, all right, you go to the playoffs, you can have some fans. If you get to the second round, you can have more fans. If you get to the third round, you can have a full gym. It's it. it I Look, I know it didn't work out that way on purpose, but that's sort of where we are in 2021 and specifically with the Suns. I know the fans mean everything to all the teams, but I mean, I have to think on some level, the Lakers haven't played in a hostile arena like that in two years, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do wonder if it was just kind of like, whoa, hold on. This is a little overwhelming for everybody not named LeBron. And I would say everybody not named LeBron or Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis kind of looked overwhelmed. I don't think he will tomorrow, but yesterday, I I still, I was looking at this before, he's been back from injury for a month. Mm -hmm. And he yesterday looked like that was his first game back. It was so weird. And it I was I, I want it to just be all DeAndre Ayton, because if that were the case or not and I know it wasn't all him, but I mean I want it to be the Suns defense because if that was the case I'm a little more inclined to believe you can do something similar, whereas if we're just counting on Anthony Davis to not show up, he's going to show up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to expect a different uh, effort from the brow tomorrow night, but that doesn't mean that he's going for 42 like he did in the regular season uh, because I think the Suns can do a better job defensively against him. One thing we haven't brought up this entire show, and, uh, and I'm not mad at it, but I do feel like we should at least touch on it. I also don't expect the Lakers to get 17 free throws before the Suns get one. Oh, yeah, that was funny. And it might have been 19. It was 17 in the first half. I think the Lakers might have had the first two of the second half too before Jay Crowder finally got there midway through the third. And to tell you about one of my motions, I did kind of give the crowd a let's get loud on this occasion that they actually are giving the Suns free throws. (laughs) Let's encourage this behavior so they know it's allowed. Raising my hands up. Yeah, but uh, no, that was bizarre. I I mean, look, there's one thing to know, the Lakers are going to get the benefit of the whistle. Yeah, but but for 19 nothing. nothing yeah. yeah,
2: 19 nothing. Well, cuz that was one of my my keys earlier in the week when they were asking us about it. It was like I, if you're the Suns Get it out of your head that this is going to be officiated evenly. If it is, that's fine. But you are the newcomers and you're playing the Lakers. So I don't want to talk about officiating. And then at halftime, it was 17 nothing, And I'm like, they're making this really hard to not talk about officiating. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Bloom, yesterday was uh, a lot of fun. The pregame was fun. The game was obviously great. Tonight was fun. And I assume tomorrow will be fun as well. So thanks for doing this, man.
3: Thanks for having me. I am looking forward to this entire run, however long it lasts. Uh, obviously, the hope is that we're doing this for a couple months. So buckle up, Suns fans, because if that's the case, gonna have to deal with me a bunch too that's well we're gonna we're
2: gonna have <laughs> you in here again tomorrow or on the air tomorrow at six o'clock leading into pregame so for Jesse Morrison behind the glass for John Bloom I'm Luke Lipinski again Suns Lakers tomorrow night at seven pregame coverage at 6 30 but tune in here for coverage starting at six on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station